0: what is it that makes you as the brief writer what what bit of yourself do you put into it because otherwise it's just a flat piece of paper that could have been written by a robot
1: hi i'm tim thompson and you're listening to episode 64 of the rev thinking podcast today our guest is none other than the brief doctor himself mr tim hughes and our topic is check your briefs welcome to rev thinking The podcast for creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it. This is the conversation between creative leaders and consultants discussing what it really takes to run a thriving creative business. Well, hello from Southern Oregon. It's good to be with you this week, this first week of spring. Probably like many of you, were glad to see this winter behind us. There's been some interesting weather patterns and no matter what happens, I seem to have always run into a blizzard, no matter which part of this country I was visiting over the last few months. So to have that behind us, see some of this beautiful weather and last night's moon here in Oregon was absolutely gorgeous, that full moon. I'm really just looking forward to the year ahead and the great things we come across in this spring. I'm of course filling in this week for Joel. Joel and his family are enjoying their spring break together and I get to do the introduction, which um, is always just a blessing to be out here in front of you and help contribute to some of the work that Joel and our marketing team does. Getting this information to you and building up the community. Let's get on to our podcast. Um, This is a recording that Joel did a few weeks back when he was in London at one of our cohort events, and he ran into an old friend of ours, Tim Hughes. Tim and I and Joel have gone back for many, many years now. We have run each other plenty of times at conferences or speaking engagements, and uh, every time we meet up, there's always something interesting we discover together and can share with one another. This time, I'm glad that Joel finally put a microphone in front of Tim and captured some of those thoughts for you. Tim's company, The Brief Doctor, is one where Tim gets to explore and really set up the creative project from the beginning, knowing that when you set up a project well, using a good, solid, creative brief, the project has an opportunity to thrive, to be built up. But sometimes, as we know, those project briefs can actually honestly be mediocre, and they need a little bit of rescuing. But once it's rescued, we want to know what's possible. Why would we want to focus on that, and how does it help make a project thrive and grow? So, Joel and Tim had a chance to catch up and begin this conversation. Before we get on to the podcast, though, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors. Um, I know that Joel's been talking to you about the Alliance of Content and Design Companies, or as we call it, the ACDC. This is an organization of member studios that get together and discuss what it means to form common industry standards and then share those, share some legal resources to support them and support a community around them of people that are willing to step up and practice some of these standards really to make themselves and the whole industry stronger. If you'd like to know more about the ACDC, check out their website. You can find it at theacdc.com. And now let's move on to our episode, a conversation between The Brief Doctor, Tim Hughes, and RevThinking's Joel Pilger.
2: All right, well, let's talk about you because you are the brief doctor. And I thought it would be kind of fun to first ask a question. Let's pretend that maybe I'm your your mom or your grandmother (laughs) or something. And I was going to ask you, Timmy, what is a brief? What is a creative brief? What do you even mean by that? Because I think a lot of people have an understanding of what that means. But just so we're all on the same page terminology-wise – How do you define a creative brief? So, I think
0: it's really easy to define a creative brief because it's just the information that you need to do your job. So, as a creative person, it's what does marketing want you to physically deliver? Now, when I do briefs, I split briefs into two different sorts. So, there's a strategic brief and a creative brief. And the strategic brief is the information that you need to give the finance department. And the creative brief is what you need to give your agency. So the strategic brief can go into loads and loads of detail. It can have all the information. It can have facts and figures on it. But if you gave that to a creative, they would be scared. So a creative brief is very simply who, what, and why. Who are you targeting? What are you telling them? And why are you doing it?
2: Beautiful. Now, it's funny because I'm thinking of some creative briefs that I've seen that actually are both creative and strategic, and they're really kind of a mess because it's the six, eight, ten-page document. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: They the, should never be more
2: than two pages. If it's ten pages, you should really somebody's cry. doing something something wrong. Yeah. Now your back your background um, is uh, well. Why don't you tell us your background? Because I know that you've spent some time. On the agency side the the tv network side you're now running your own business as the brief doctor but i'm just curious how did you get into this weird unusual little niche
0: yeah so i came from i started as most people in the uk do as a runner in a promos department at paramount comedy which went on to become comedy central from there i went to bbc broadcast and was there for nearly seven years and then i went to discovery channel as their lifestyle and entertainment on air director and then in their internal agency I became their sort of head of marketing and then I went off to be Marcom's director of TLC. And then finally I had my, you know, big thirties nervous breakdown and then set up an agency like everyone else does.
2: (laughs) And that's awesome. I'm I'm curious how you have a story of how you first realized that you were brilliant at writing
0: briefs. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of like my, um, my sort of when I'm doing brief doctor sessions, they kind of turn into a little bit of a stand up routine. But my general story that goes with brief writing is that um, when I used to write for Discovery, I used to make a real effort to bring the audience to life because I think that's what's missing in a brief. So I would always tell you exactly who the person was, what other things they'd be watching, what they'd be eating, what they'd be doing. So when I left, someone asked me, I think their marketing director was away, and they said, could you write three briefs for us? And I thought, yes, fine. And so they weren't They weren't big briefs. They were very small sort of on-air, C priority promos. Um, and so I wrote them all in the morning. I thought, what's a fair fee to charge? So I thought half a day rate, about 250 quid's fine. So I sent them in and then they said, well, we've got the three briefs, but we've only got invoice one. So I was like, well, can I really send them two more? <laughs> so I did, obviously. Uh, 750 quid for a morning's work later. I was like, we're in business, cha-ching. Set I love up the so, in in other words, you.
2: I think what you realized in that moment was, I think what I'm creating is really valuable and really needed, and I can make a lot of money at it, so <laughs> why not?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's, you know, Blair talked about in your previous podcast, it's pricing creativity. It's, and do you know what, there's a, what's really interesting about this is um, there's a coach who I sometimes work with called Kathy Reeves in the UK, she's brilliant, and whenever I've worked with her, she's always said, I always say things like, I find this easy, this is really easy to me. And she's like, you have found your niche, the things that you enjoy, and you found easy. That is exactly what you should be doing for business. And we've talked before about it. You get the, but won't I be found out? Isn't this just too easy? And it's like, no, because other people don't find this too easy. Most other people find this the bloody difficult bit. You can solve that for them. They don't have to worry about it.
2: Well, this is your definition of uh, of genius. When you're operating in your genius, (laughs) this is when it's easy for you. And everyone else says my gosh, when you do that thing, it's, it's amazing. I could never do that. And you think, really? This is, this is just what I do.
0: Yeah. And I find that a lot because one of the other things that we do is, is, um, is sort of uh, change management with creative teams. Mm. And often you find creative people they're doing some processes or some some part of the work that just doesn't fit in with them yet there's someone else in the team who's brilliant at that if you find what people's skills are as a business owner as a broadcaster or whatever and you put people in roles that they can deliver on their skills and not the bits that they don't need to be doing you suddenly become a really highly performing team it's it's not rocket science i don't know why we do this. This is one of my things. I don't know why we commute and I don't know. <laughs> right. I don't know why we do things we're not good at. Yeah, we all feel obliged to do it, particularly if you're in a traditional job situation.
2: Yeah. No, that's so interesting and it's a it's cool to know that you got into this niche by simply doing what it is that you do and now you have this specialty that people call on you and say, "Hey, we need help with our brief." And obviously there's huge stakes involved. When yeah, yeah. you're doing these projects, right? Like the brief is the thing that sets the whole project in motion and makes sure that it's on track
0: yeah, and yeah. that you it's, deliver great results, right? It's a contract. It's basically what do you want what do you want and what do you want us to deliver to you? It's um I think you spend a little bit of money up front, you reap the rewards. We've all had a project that's gone briefed in, you know, got made, it's come back, it's totally wrong. You've you've thrown a hundred thousand pound plus work in the bin just because you didn't get your brief right. I've I've got a whole session on ranting about, you know, the processes with briefs as well. I've seen people who've got senior stakeholders signing off a brief who've not read the brief and had a creative consultancy come in and pitch.
2: Yes, of course. Well, okay. look, that's a great actually point for us to start with, because what is it that's so broken with maybe the traditional creative brief process, not not your (laughs) process. What's, What's wrong with creative briefs today? So
0: I think there's a skills shortage and I think there's a confidence shortage. If we look at broadcast specifically, I would say 10 years ago, you used to have a VP of marketing, you had a marketing director, you had a marketing manager. And The And as it went up the scale, people would input into those briefs and you would get something that is generally capturing exactly what you want. What I found now is most people have got rid of this sort of marketing director level. You've got marketing managers who don't necessarily know what they're doing. They're too junior in the job. They've not got the experience. They've not got the authority. And they're writing what they expect creative people to want on the brief. So you've got some very conservative brands. The marketing managers are thinking the creative people want a really risky, edgy brief. They brief that in. The agency goes and makes something, you know, edgy, creative, game changing. It comes back to the brand and the brand are like, what the fuck are you thinking? (laughs) It's, it's just totally off. And that knocks the confidence of the marketing managers. The marketing managers need to know that they have an input into those briefs. They also have a stake in their own career with it. That could be, if they write a great brief for a great product, that can be career defining. They fear, you know, they fear what's the brand. It's, it's not. There's there's the artistry of writing, if I can be so pretentious, appears yeah. to have gone. And what we do with when we go in and train people is we go, you have to put a bit of yourself into this. So it's who, what, why, a single-minded proposition, all your company insights, and then a little bit of sparkle and magic. What What is it that makes you, as the brief writer, what, what bit of yourself do you put into it? Because otherwise, it's just a flat piece of paper that could have been written by a robot.
2: Yeah, and that's that's something I found in my history and my experience is that maybe two out of three briefs, you can tell someone was instructed, well, you have to go write a brief and Shop. give it to the agency, the studio, right, the production company. And the brief was this mechanical, like you said, Shop. piece of paper that checked a box. But it really didn't have that singularity of purpose that you described, and it certainly didn't have that little that little sprinkling of pixie dust. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's uh, it's cut and pay central, and you get this. uh, This is one of my big things with profiles. So you get marketing people speaking to your media planning agency or your in-house team or whoever it is, and they cut and pay something that says you know eighteen to seventy eight abc one women it's like you've just given me the broadest demo in the history of whatever how do i give that to someone who's creative and ask them to deliver on that pick someone and and write a little story about it
2: yeah, the uh, the those traditional demographic terms are really tired, right? <laughs> like, give me some, give me some psychographics. Give me an avatar, something that I can go on. Yeah, right? and
0: that is, I don't, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. If these are your demos that you're being paid at so most broadcasters get paid an affiliate fee, and they get paid an advertising rate. So if that is what you are paid on, that is where you capture that in your strategic brief. So you go, this is the demo we're going to get paid on. So the 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 promo, the campaign, the advert, whatever it is, needs to answer this audience but it's not enough you have to hone it down for this moment in time in the brief uh, in the brief doctor sessions i i have a little thing where we play whitney houston's one moment in time because i say this is as a marketeer you have to think one moment in time everyone looks at me like i'm crazy but yeah, it's true because you have to pick what's right for for right now so in your strategic brief you can put all the facts and the figures that is the piece of paper as a marketing person you can write 27 pages long you can write every single financial target in it but keep it in your desk never give it to a creative because you will scare it your creative brief should be all that information and you just pick out the most pertinent bits so
2: nowadays I'm hoping that people are listening, and people are like, "Yes, of course we're we've learned from our mistakes. We're writing better creative briefs these days." But what <laughs> from is Tim's it? Th- rants. Yeah, from his rants. <laughs> what What do you find are the most common things that separate the really great briefs from the really crappy, lame ones?
0: well, well the, it's opportunity. It's all about opportunity. If you if you pose a creative problem or you have a creative problem to solve and you go to really creative people, they will take you into different areas that you could never imagine. If you're really prescriptive in a brief or you close everything down, you're going to get something quite lame and quite small. It's Do you know what? It's the easiest thing for a marketeer as well to, to just... Give out questions, and then you get awards. That's the great thing about being a marketer. You <laughs> you create a whole world of problems for creative people. Creative people come and solve those problems. The more risky you are with it, the more creative you are with it. The more rewards come back in. You're an award he's picking up promax goals or DNADs or whatever. So this Don't is not invite your, the creatives. Send them off home.
2: This is your advice to the marketers on how to win yeah. awards.
0: Yeah, and I do a session on you know how to write briefs to win awards. There is a skill to it. I don't think oh, every funny. great piece of creative wins the award. It's, it's the one that delivers against the category. I've seen some brilliant piece of creative that never win, win awards, and I've seen some absolute shit that sweeps the board. I've probably put yeah, a few in course. myself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> of course, I think we, we all have. Well, Or we've competed against yeah. the the crap the crappy creative and yeah. said, wait, that, why did that win?
0: Yeah, and it's all about ideas as well. I've seen some things that – that win awards because of the money. And it's kinda of like the idea in this, it's a great execution. It was done by a brilliant studio. But actually, this is not their best work. They shouldn't be taking home an award for this. The the yeah. kids that spent 250 quid and shot it themselves, they had an idea. They were on something. And I think more awards ceremonies these days are are recognizing that. They're more about the idea than the than the actual final piece. We've all seen, you know, those big pieces that you've just thought, oh God, what again. I won't name any names. Yeah. Email in and I will name names. Yeah, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah protect, we're gonna protect the innocent <laughs>
2: yeah. here. And the guilty. So you said something you said something earlier about this uh what was your your phrase, a singular proposition? I think single minded brief- proposition. Yeah. Yeah, because to me that sounds like the maybe one of the biggest challenges is if I think of myself as uh I'm a promo department, I don't no. know. I, I'm a, I'm a producer or I'm a creative director or something. And I'm trying to create a brief that has that singular minded purpose oh. proposition because I want my agency to really be dialed in as I send this thing out. Is there a process that yeah, people and can g- go through?
0: G- there is a process that people can go through. So I think if you get your who, what, your why, your single minded proposition is then the one thing above all else you want to say. Now I always ask when a brief's being written, I get the marketing to write it and I get the creative director on the agency side to then work together. So I I take that as a fluid bit of the brief. And actually, Mm. I think if the two people, the two key stakeholders write that statement together, both have a strong opinion of it, you can agree exactly what it is you're going to deliver. So, So for me, that is the most fundamental line in the brief. And it's driven by insights, it's driven by your audience. But what it does is it says, okay, you've told us everything about who the audience is, why you're doing this, what you want to communicate. If we pick one thing, what is that one thing? And you would say from an agency side or a studio side, it's what you do in your pitch. When you do the elevator pitch, what is the idea back? That should pretty much mirror the single mind proposition. So it's almost a tissue meeting. If you as a marketeer crack it with the creative director, you've done a lot of the thinking before you have to go anywhere else with it. And it doesn't limit creativity. You're not taking anything away from the idea. You're only defining the proposition.
2: Well, you just put out a big idea that maybe some people listening might think, wait, did I just hear you say that if I'm a studio or production company principal, okay, which is often a creative director, That when my client hands me a creative brief, that's a living, breathing oh, dynamic thing. Oh,
0: we, oh, can, oh, we can
2: oh. yeah, we can change it. Yeah, of
0: course you can change it. I mean, that's it. like
2: but you see my point yeah. because I think often as the vendor, uh, God forbid, that's the, the term you're being called, yeah. you're often on the receiving end of, well, this has been blessed from on high, the CMO has signed off on yeah. it and it's like it's locked in stone now go deliver on this yeah. thing but i make i think you make this great point that the best agencies are going to dare i say push back and say we don't get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. This brief isn't yeah, clear. Yeah.
0: But if the brief isn't clear, that's already gone too far. If you're selecting an agency, as a marketing person, you should be you should be writing your brief for the agencies that you're selecting. Even if it's a you know, we've talked a lot about pitches in the past and who should pitch and when you should pitch and pitch fees and things. But if you're putting work out of house, you shouldn't just be sending a brief, a generic brief to a million different agencies, you should be writing for the agencies that you're going to be working with and have a conversation. And also, you you brought up Tim's rant's part two. You brought up the CMO thing. Yeah. If the CMO has an opinion, if they're a stakeholder, why are they not in the meeting when that brief is happening? If they if they've if they well. signed off on it, then the <laughs> responsibility then is between whoever they've signed off responsibility and the principal at that point. I think that is an it's a working do- document. Do you know what? If I was agency, Side and someone didn't give me a verbal brief they just sent a brief and said respond to it. I just say no. I think that that as a creative department this is this is Joel and Tim teaching me how to do things here but yeah, just say no yes yes there's, there's a lack of respect.
2: Well, I, I think you make a great point. Well and there's obviously a lack yeah. of respect for a process and what it what it takes to produce yeah. excellent results because I think yeah I think a great uh, response to hey, here's a brief, um, please send us your pitch would be, sorry, we don't respond to these types of requests, yeah, yeah. but we would love to have a conversation because if if the person's open to a conversation, well, now we can get somewhere. But I think you make a great point earlier about the CMO. yeah, And that is as an agency, I, will, I, I said this when I s- spoke in Geneva last month and everyone sort of gasped uh. when I said, look, the best agencies say no. Yeah. Meaning I'm not going to pretend that this process is going to generate great results when the CMO who supposedly signed off on this thing isn't here.
0: Yeah. Where is he? You will struggle further down the line. (laughs) Yeah. Whoever that person is, you will struggle if there's, if there's not that relationship and it's about trust. It's whenever I've worked in house or whenever I've had a team, you empower the person who writes the brief to whatever level and they all have to be in the room. So if you've got a junior marketing manager, empower them to write the ATV promos, you know, if it's a C priority, Maybe they get it signed off by the person above them. But, but once it's signed off, it's their baby. If you're going to say it goes up the chain every time there's a, uh, there's a change, you'll end up with something like Brexit. Chaos, chaos.
2: Yes, yes. And that's, yes, exactly.
0: That's <laughs> it, a great... <laughs> but it's like, why are you hiring people? If you've got a marketing team of different levels, empower them to own work at different levels. And it, if it is a big budget thing and the CMO is not in the room and the CMO is signing it off, then I think that's a dangerous situation. I just, why send it out of house? It's it just, it's mind blowing. And I think that that, I think people from an agency side should be offended by that. If you can't, and I know these people are busy, but if you've not got the time to go and brief your biggest campaign of the year, or empower the person below you to take full responsibility for it, then don't then don't make it. Yeah, it saves what the are money. we doing? So I think you're you're bringing up an interesting point,
2: and that is whoever the person it is that has been assigned to create yeah. this brief, whether it's a junior or all the way up to the senior marketing people, the brief is really just the piece of paper. It's the ideas contained in the brief that really matter, and those are thoughts and ideas floating around yeah, in yeah. someone's brain. So I think a lot of times people get hung up on, but the piece of yeah. paper says this, and we have to check this box. And my, my point would simply be there is a human being out there who wrote this Cut. and let's get on the phone with them. Let's have a meeting with them and not sit here and navel gaze and trying to guess what they were meaning by that Cut. because it's not about the piece of paper. It's yeah. about the idea. And they
0: love that. You know, marketing people sit in a little cubicle. You know, they want to get out. They want to – this is the fun bit of their job. This is the bit that brings it all to life. And they know these things. If you ask them the questions, they know exactly who the audience is. You know, I always tell a story with it. I always make it a little bit funny and silly. And creatives remember it. You know, we had, uh, you know, and I don't think so. So to go into detail, a brief does not... It should never be ten pages. It probably doesn't usually need to be two. It can be four lines long. That is a brief. We, when I used to work on Animal yeah. Planet, we literally had one, and it was working moms, setsy bets, and a fox with its head stuck in the tire. Go and make that trail. You know, maybe a Coldplay track. That can be a brief. It's direction to you. It's understanding. You know, this is a happy place of the channel. It's the brand. One of the things that I always go for is abc it's audience brand channel it's who are you talking to what's the tone of voice of the brand that you're looking with and where are you going to put that out whether it broadcast, social whatever that is and if you're always considering abc you're going to be relevant to what you're talking it's it's a question of your product whatever it is an artistic product a tv show if you go through audience brand and channel that's your sales point you can add the two in together and you're gonna get the right tone of voice. I
2: love that. Well, I love that. How simple that is. Um, that little simple. Yeah, it's it's proprietary, owned by the brief Doctor C.
0: copyright. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah there's a yeah, TM on T-I-M that somewhere, right?
2: <laughs> well, so here's what I'm curious about because I'm sure you've you've rescued many briefs in your day, or you've taught people how to rescue a brief and yep. do it better. What what becomes possible, right, when a brief is really Someone really nails it, and the the mission is very clear. What change okay. is now
0: possible? What Anything new result and is now possible? Becomes possible because generally your brief. If you've written a poor brief or you or you're not confident, I think this is I I maybe sometimes blame people too much. It's not your fault. You if you're not confident writing a brief or you're not empowered to write a brief, how are you expected to write a good brief? But if you if you go from being very prescriptive in the way that you write, so it's I want this, this, this and this, to this is my problem what can you do to creatively solve it, you open up endless possibilities. And they really are endless possibilities because you can get agencies, you know, oh God, there's so many creative people in just, you know, in TV, what we specialize in, you can go to agencies who specialize in anything or generalists who just can take your ideas to amazing places. And I think that that is, that is one of the things that has underestimated a lot with the conversation between marketing and creative people say you know an advert is not as creative as a show or a film or so we've seen some god enduring creative that people this be more beautiful than a film you know there's i'm thinking of adverts for things like guinness in the past that have just been total game changers that you that you just think a brilliant piece of creative stays with you. even a really not so brilliant piece of creative, but with a brilliant tagline or a mnemonic, we could, you know, we're all humming a mnemonic right now, or oh, of course, you know, a tagline from an advert it stays with you your entire life. It does. I mean, there's so many
2: examples that we could we could bring up, but you're right. I think it does um, unleash the possibility of creating something that's special, that's memorable, that even potentially leaves a legacy.
0: Yeah, 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 and it's brand defining. You know, a good piece of content can change the whole perception of our brand. So, and it's not you know it's we're not talking about expensive things here you crack your tone of voice right you start communicating in a way that stands out different from the pack people you know people start loving you loving you as a brand uh, one example that I must shout out is Nat Geo Wild did some amazing stuff about Shark Week so they had Shark Fest Discovery had Shark Week you know they were the underdog, so they did this whole challenger brand mentality and it wasn't cruel it wasn't nasty it was just so on you know it was so insightful because they knew exactly what their competitor was doing so they could take the mickey out of them if, if they were just being mean for the sake of being mean it wouldn't have worked they knew the competitors content inside out they knew the audience knew the competitors content inside out and they just rolled with it and they made some hilarious stuff which they won awards for
2: did they and did they move yeah. the needle right did, did, did their they audience did. engage yeah
0: yeah, yeah, they did. They, you know, And you talk about shareability with things. Anything that you can do that, that really, you need that anchor. You need something that, the, the brief gives you an anchor, basically. The brief tells you who your audience is, what you need to do with them. And if, you, if the heart of your creative, it's not just pretty pictures. If the heart of your creative really gets that anchor and makes creative that hooks in, you hook in the audience.
2: All right, so let's, let's, let's make the rubber meet the road here. No. Because some people, a lot of people listening here are, these are agency owners and even the word agency might be a stretch because yeah. here, here in the U S of course, we, we would refer to this as a studio that does motion design or as yeah. a production company. But it's funny because TV networks and brands would call these people agencies, yeah. just so we're, we're clear. But I'm really curious to hear, uh, if, if I was an agency owner yeah. and I'm the recipient, okay, I'm the recipient of of briefs. So my clients are reaching out to me and they say, we have this problem. Here's the creative brief. Let's, are you a good fit for this? Or here's, you've got the job. Let's go solve it. What's your advice to the agency principal or the owner who's on the receiving end of creative briefs all the time? Is there, are there some best practices of how to get the most out of a brief or even how to how to push back how to teach
0: your client there's a better way yeah i think it is i think it's to if you're getting if you're getting those big briefs in the 27 pages of nonsense, is is to have someone (laughs) dedicated with you in your agency who does the brief doctoring process for you. It doesn't need to be a full-time marketing person. It can just be someone that you nominate that that puts your briefs into creative language. So if you do get, you know, it could be account management. It could be like a really senior account manager, director kind of thing. It's it's you, someone that just goes in and goes, okay. From our point of view, the who, the what, the why is this? If I were to write the single-minded proposition, this is what it would be. So the twenty-seven brief is we go dup 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 dup, and then we go, okay, let's have a conversation back with the marketing client. But this is what we took from your brief before we took it on. We've we we think it's these three things, and we think this is the direction you want to go in is that where your head is at? And if their head isn't out there, have a conversation. If they go, we could change this or this or this, or thanks for asking those questions. If they go, we issued the 27 page brief. If you would like to respond on it, please respond on it. Then you go, no. And if industry standards start saying yeah. no to all those briefs, then people are gonna wonder. Questions are gonna be asked why X Trendy Studio will not take the brief from X broadcaster. And people will, you know, it changes. That's right. it changes the relationship. I do sound quite confrontational today, but You're right. It, it's, it's, it's not about that. It's about well, collaboration, not confrontation.
2: Well, right. And I love the idea, too, that it's also about conversations, not presentations. That's another Blair Ann's yeah. line to be, to be. Oh,
0: God. And you can save so many man hours on that. Uh, you know, there, there is so much back and forth. Do do um do you kind of have the concept of the tissue meeting that is before you actually go and start spending money on designers or storyboards that you actually, you get all of this information, you go back to the client and you go, look, just before we start spending money on this pitch, this is where our head is at. Now is your opportunity to tell us if we're off. Oh, sure. Because that I think is very well, important. Well,
2: I think this might be. Some people do, some people don't. Maybe the, uh, the American term might be the cocktail napkin uh, conversation where you're you, you're, you're the, if the idea can't be expressed on a cocktail napkin, then it's too elaborate. It's too confused. It's it's muddled. Um, I My short answer would be yes. I'm always a proponent of gently pushing back and making sure that the client is really understanding your expertise and has yeah. really asked the right questions because like the case you laid out earlier, if a client is sending out a brief to multiple agencies and asking for they're creative i mean that's a pitch first of all but also that's a competitive pitch and the game very much changes then because yeah. really what they're doing and i'm sure you've seen this tim we're not, we're not going to name names yeah. what they're re- what they're really doing is fishing
0: yeah absolutely they're just
2: they're just fishing and i don't think yeah. it's fair to anybody in a big pond yeah in a big pond and it's much better to say look why did you call us are we the agency try and get that figured out first before you start spending time and money and wasting effort guessing yeah right? But yeah, like guessing doesn't serve anyone.
0: Yeah. But I think also you can, you know who those bullshitters are. We, we all know who they are. We can name their names, mm-hmm. uh, but we're not going to. Um, and and you just have to, you know, you have to kind of knock them out of the game. I think that's a very old fashioned way of doing things. And also, Uh, don't go looking for a new agency every two minutes. That's another thing that annoys me, you know, spread around when someone new comes through, give them an opportunity. But if you've got an incumbent and you're doing something that is not the AAA priority, why are you changing all the time? You know, it's more work for you. Mm -hmm. It's more work for someone else. Start building relationships. And, you know, that I think it's happening a bit less now, but for 10 years, it was, it was that people would just go chasing the trendy, agency with briefs that kind of like they should be giving to other people uh yeah maybe that's just me maybe it's it's over examining but there is a lot of there are a lot of you know let's call it what it is lazy people who just you know want to be taken out of to dinner at the nicest restaurant by the biggest agency in town. Who, you know, they're well, not going to be on their A game for much longer if they're, you know, everything goes on client servicing and not on creativity.
2: Well, if 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 I could take that word lazy <laughs> and unpack it, I would even say often it's insecurity. It's it's yeah. I'm not confident, and therefore I'm just going to throw this brief at somebody and hope it something sticks against the wall and they come, yeah, yeah. and I get lucky and they come back with a great idea and and then I'll be the hero. And I would suggest to your point,
0: go
2: go with your incumbent that you know has the expertise. They're brilliant. And every time you work with them, they're going to ask you tough questions and say, we don't understand this brief. This doesn't make sense to us. Let's let's yeah. figure this out together and really come up with an answer that solves the problem. Yeah.
0: And I don't even think they're tough questions. It's they're really easy questions. It's just we're not used to asking them. It's 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 so strange that you know, we can't have a conversation. And I blame the internet totally for it. We will mail someone a piece of information. It's just like pick up the phone or go and meet each other. And I can guarantee if you, it will be awkward the first time you do it. And it's very Un british like a british person telling you to have a conversation with someone else it's like we don't even speak on the tube it's like silence the commute must be in total silence but it is it's about having a conversation and you will get to know each other you will get to know the creators i i do find so so i have been quite critical of the marketing process my my Critique now of the studio process is there are walls from that side too. There are people hide behind. You can't talk to our creatives. Why would you do this? You must talk to me. I am the principal. Blah blah blah. It's it's not school. You're not the you yeah. know you're not the principal of me kind of thing. It's, it's open, these, open these conversations. And, and I do think that, you know, account management is great in these situations because you've got people who are filtering up from both sides and having conversation in the middle. I know if on the video screen now I'm doing puppet hands. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or it, jazz hands. Yeah, jazz hands. I'm very expressive talker. But it is. It's kind of like, you know, you don't need to have a meeting with all the stakeholders involved. But what you do need is all the stakeholders signing off and all the stakeholders seeing the work that's coming back. I always say this, anyone who is going to f- sign off the final work should be in the room when you're- Yes, pitching. of course, of course. But I love that, yeah. that,
2: that moment you described earlier where if you're an agency person and you receive a brief and you, sometimes the best response is, thanks for sending this, let's chat. When are you, ava- when are you available yeah, yeah. rather than, yeah. Oh, let me compose the, the God forbid two page email response with the bullet points right. and all this, that, and the other, it's like, just have a conversation. And sometimes yeah. the even better response is I'm hopping on a plane
0: tomorrow when are you available. Yeah yeah yeah. You know? Yeah yeah yeah. And I've done, I've done that with clients recently. It's kind of, you can get any Do you know what? It's it's so easy to get anywhere in the world right now. It is. Even for, and and I uh, you know, I work remotely quite a lot of the time. We're video chatting right now so we're doing this. But there is nothing beats human interaction. You know, go and meet these people. I I've never sent A brief that I have not had a conversation with, Mm. you know, even if it's been over the telephone, I have talked through, even for a basic promo with a, you know, a jobbing freelancer who I know well, I've always had some sort of conversation just to say, it's this, it's this, it's that, do you understand? See, I I love that.
2: I love that so much because it's just that simple notion of sometimes put down the mouse, step away from your screen, (laughs) have a conversation It's just a, it's a human relationship when we collaborate and there's the, all these yeah. nuances that come out in the creative process that really only happen best when there's jazz hands and then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. there and might be a drink involved. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, of I, course. And,
0: and that is what I I don't, I know everyone is very hard worked at the moment, but I don't see if you're, if you're responsible for a campaign and you're going out to an agency, I cannot see you do not have time in your diary to go out and meet with each of those agencies just as a marketing person and also i'm you know i'm so nosy i want to know what's going on so i want to be in your office i want to see who's there (laughs) you know i want to look around the coffee room it's your opportunity to go and see if these are the guys that you want to work
2: with well let me also you
0: probably know you should know them before you're issuing a brief to them anyway you should you should know them have met them have had creds presentations
2: well let me let's let me give a competitive advantage to to People listening. So if I'm an agency principal and you are my client that sent me the brief, yeah. if you've sent it out to, God forbid, 10 agencies, but if there's only- yeah, Which I would
0: never one, do. You would never do. Never okay. do. Three, Matt. But if
2: you were, yeah, if, if you were <laughs> a horrible person and you did that, yeah. <laughs> if I was the only person who showed up at your office and said, let's have a conversation about this, I'm at an enormous advantage over the nine who just sent some sort of an email, blah, 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 blah. So yeah. don't don't forget about that that sometimes the 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 competitive advantage is something as simple yeah. as let's have lunch
0: yeah, yeah. And I know some people say to avoid competitive advantage, we will not engage with you on these things, which I just call bullshit on that. Bullshit, bullshit, <laughs> bullshit, bullshit. Yeah, because it's kind of like you're not giving anyone a competitive advantage. You're doing your job as a marketing person. If that's There's no competitive advantage. If you're asking someone to deliver work, not having a conversation with them is just crazy. Well,
2: I would agree. And this is what Blair calls... Uh, Someone always has the inside track, yeah. which means there's always one agency that's having a conversation with someone on the inside. They're sharing ideas. They're collaborating back and forth, even if it's, quote, a closed pitch yeah. where we're not allowed to talk to agencies throughout this creative process. And I'm with you. BS. Yeah, like yeah. if you don't have the, if you don't have the inside track, somebody else does and you're losing. Yeah, so you might as well just I, I, get in, get in there and collaborate. I
0: don't understand this idea of a closed process. The, the reason why it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know who it legally protects or doesn't protect, but if you're <laughs> right. yeah, it's, it's this, what is a closed process? It's surely your process is either open and you buy the product at the end of it, or go home kind of thing. That's kind of my response.
2: It's weird. It is weird to think that, okay, we have a brief, but we don't want to collaborate. We just want to see what you respond to this thing that we've put out there. And somehow that serves the end it's like product? a child it rolling a ball the around the
0: yard, another child grabbing it and taking it back and saying, You can't have it until we get another ball. It's, it makes it. Right, it's right, just, right. It's, it's just, it's beyond, it's beyond me. I don't, I don't see where it came from. I don't see why it exists. And if someone wants to you know, write in and well, tell us why it exists, I'm quite happy to have an argument with them about it.
2: Yeah, me too. Well, I would just say, I would say no, right? If you're the agency and it's a closed pitch, I would just politely say no, or try and work the inside angle and have that collaboration and break that rule. Yeah. And with my
0: marketing hat on, you know, uh, uh, if I'm putting a brief out, I've written a brief, I've taken a long time on writing it. I've taken a long time on selecting who I'm going to talk to. And there is the inside track. There are going to be people who I know, because that's why I've asked them to pitch, because I know their work is great. Yeah. There are people who I've seen at conferences because they've shown me some kick-ass work that won some awards. Or there's someone who probably has contacted me in a way that someone else hasn't contacted me. And I've thought, God, they sound good at what they do. So there's always going to be a competitive thing. I'm not going to go to ropey old Joe's promo factory and go, here. do you want to have a brief? brief, Because brief? I've heard you're quite mediocre at making stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> the most, there's always a competitive advantage. And, and you see, that's why... That's why I, I really champion if you're a studio or what, what we call an agency is having lots of different people. There, there are lots of type a personalities. There are lots of very extrovert people who do the sales in what we do. And there's lots of introverted people who do the detail or the design who aren't good at presenting their ideas, but they don't need to. If they're in a team where everyone else covers for everyone else, you know, you get those extroverts to pre- present back you get those great thinkers to develop and nurture the ideas but you know they don't want to see the client protect them from it protect them it's kind of like yes and i think we're kind of getting that way i think we're getting to a society now where there's more co-working there's more in a job description it's going what are you great at go and do the bits you're great at there might be a bit of admin around the edge but it's taking off you know, jobs where you used to get some great creative and then you used to ask them to input their own music cue sheets. So it's kinda of like not a good use of time, people.
2: So speaking of expertise and yeah. specialty and, and what you do, I'm curious, do you do you these days simply teach people no. how to do the brief process better? Or do you still write briefs yourself? Yeah, do people yeah. hire you? Yeah, to, yeah, Please come in and save save our crappy brief. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it's, uh, and generally, so the projects we're picking up now are more don't come in and save a crappy brief. It's um it's get involved in the total briefing project. So this is the project we're going to be working on. Here's all the information. Here's the insights. We go and we consult. You know, We, we talk to the different channel heads, the media planners, and we take that process out. Maybe working with marketing people, we'll then write the brief, we'll come back in then we'll do workshops to bring that brief to life, bring the creative people into it. It's, you know what, that's the most, that sort of facilitation of brand positioning ideas. That's where, you know, that's where I thrive. So, you know, we love mm. doing that. We we will go in and sort out crappy briefs, but, but we do a thing called brief triage. So there's a little thing that you could, you know, send us your brief and we'll just rewrite it. And generally they're not... There's no problem with those. You've got everything you need to do, but you're just giving too much information. So it's, you've written two pages. Mm. You send it to me or someone in my team and you know we'll just rewrite it simply. And it's, it, those are generally just the confidence for generally someone quite junior to go, I know exactly what you were doing here. But you don't need to, you, you know, you don't know how And you don't you don't need the yeah, 20 yeah. pages and you don't
2: need the demographic yeah. study attached. Yeah, to the addendums and we do. And the- you know,
0: we go in and we, we coach with these people as well. So, you know, we'll go and sit down with them and share you know, we've rewritten six of your briefs. How do you like this? And actually the joy on their faces when you go, you've cracked it. You've got your single line, single minded proposition in line one. You wrote three pages of waffle but you know you go you've got it you don't need to be writing this (laughs) and it's because there. It's those support networks on there people don't have the time or they've got rid of the staff that used to be you would train someone to do their own you know it's critical thinking it's it's the it's identifying people who have a real skill for audience and insight and communicating it to creative creative people i did find i have found recently we've we've we consult on change management and stuff that a lot of people have been taking people out of scheduling and asking them to write briefs for creative departments. A few big international broadcasters have been doing it. And generally, I find those people aren't the best storytellers. And it's no, it's no criticism mm. of them. It's a criticism of people adding briefs into their jobs because they tend to be quite technically minded people. They're great at putting the schedule together. They're great at taking the audience data, saying we can, you know, we can increase our audience here, therefore we will have a revenue uplift in this ad break. But what they don't do is get the bit that is communicate hearts and minds so it's this is a real person this is what they like this is a territory that if you get into this world we can make them buy or sample or try where we are and they they will love our brand if only we can tap into this area and and i think that that for marketing is marketing a good marketing person can tell you that story to get you into that area but they can't crack the creative so so that's the point that that, that me is as a marketing person is when the brief goes across the creative. I go, This is this is my whole mood board of world. You as a creative person, can you make this into 30 second spot? Or can you make this into a print campaign? This is what I have and want to communicate. And this is as far as I can go. And that's as much as I can give you. Now you come back to me. And then when it comes back, I can go, I love this, I love this, I love this, I hate that. I love this, I love this. But I will put one more caveat onto it. It isn't about what you love. So as a marketing, oh uh, you know, marketing person, it's about what the audience loves. So when you're looking at any piece of creative, we all love something that's beautiful or which appeals to us. You know, blue's my favorite color, but if that thing's yellow, Maybe my audience wanted yellow. Don't be too critical.
2: Yes. There's an implicit, there's a thing we call implicit creative bias that you have to watch out for. Yeah. That your own bias can't be applied to the creative. But I love the point you make that great marketers are really at, at some level, they do engage in storytelling and bringing somebody in who's a technician who doesn't really understand that, that, that chemistry of yeah, yeah. that alchemy science, of art and They do the science, but they don't do the magic. Yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And I think, you know, that's that's what we all do as a career. You need that information because that is the insights into where you're going to make money from. So the reason you're commissioning creative, which is why it can live on the strategic brief, the reason you're commissioning creative is to to have an uplift on the business or to change a perception. So that information is needed, but it's not what you communicate on a creative brief. So
2: I'm curious, has an agency ever said to a client. This brief is weak. Uh, has has this been brief doctored appropriately? Because if not, we're not going to take this job.
0: No, but I have had, uh, I don't think they've done it direct to clients. I do get quite a few agencies who send the briefs to me from that side. So I do rewrite them and then they go back in their, in their tissue meeting or their pitch. So I get that. That is quite a lot of our business actually. So it's people who they don't have, you know, they don't have the I, it's not confidence. They don't want to upset the relationship by going back and saying your brief is crappy. So they right. send it to they send it to us. We rewrite it, and they well, go back, clever. and it becomes part of their elevator pitch. You know, when they go back, here's our pitch, here's our concept, or a tissue meeting. They will go back and go, this is what we understood, uh, which is well, lo- which is what we talked cool about earlier. It's it's yeah. it's someone within that pinpoint just going this is what we understand by your brief they are a living thing you said it right at the start a brief is not a piece of paper it's a living breathing document
2: well i love the idea that an agency can in effect they can play good cop and let you be the bad cop like hey we brought in the brief doctor to take a look at this and they had some really interesting insights we thought we would share them with you rather than just saying hey this brief sucks and we're not in a good position to respond
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't think you're ever you're never gonna be the agency that wins if you just go straight back to the market and say, This sucks, dude. (laughs) (laughs) But I think there I, I think there's a collaborative process. A lot of the time, so lots of the things is that we get is people turning around a lot of creative that don't have they don't perceive they have time to write the brief. So a lot of it they will send to us and go, Can you do 10 briefs for this, that, and the other? These these are our priorities. But they're all in the same tone of voice. So it's got one person Cracking through, and they might not be high priority briefs or high value briefs, and those are the ones they're going. Can we just outsource these to you? You understand the brand. Well, I'll go and do a workshop day with them or something. You understand the brand now. Please take these away and write them. They'll still sign off on them, but they'll go. This is what we want.
2: Well, I, it's wood for the trees. I mean, I just love the. I love the idea that if I'm running an agency, that I have an. I potentially have an expert that I can call on. Called, hey, this brief is is good, but I'm not quite sure it's it's on point. What else could it be out there for us yeah. if we went through this and, process? And that just might create the possibility for an, an amazing result that otherwise would be compromised.
0: Yeah, and generally, generally, it is in that document. The, the, you know, if it's a really long document, it's a it's a question of going through and filtering it and going. This is this is the pertinent bits that you put out. But again, you know, whether it's us. Going direct with the client or it's us kind of white labeled a bit by the agency going, look, these are our recommendations. Go back and ask the client this. Yeah, I think lots of people wouldn't go, we put your brief through the brief doctor. They would just go, this is what we (laughs) took out of it. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm guessing that uh, someone might go to one of your workshops and learn these concepts and principles and and be able to apply them. Themselves. How how does that work? Do you um is there is there a place that people can go to find out where you are, where you're speaking, how, or how you do workshops, that kind of thing?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can follow me on LinkedIn, uh, Tim. Uh, it's the Brief Doctor on LinkedIn, or um, we've got a website which is thebriefdoctor.co.uk, which I just took down before Christmas because I did one of those agencies. I'm going to change everything myself, <laughs> and now it's Uh-oh. all going back Uh-oh. up again. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, oh, yeah, you don't have any basic web skills. Why the hell did you do this? But so yeah, let me get we this do, straight. Yeah,
2: you, you're the expert that people call on for that very special thing. Yeah. But when it's your turn yeah, yeah, yeah. to call on an expert, you said, no, I'll just do it yeah, myself. Yeah, and I think
0: that's a learning curve for me, isn't it? Yeah,
2: <laughs> Yes, it is. But I think, I think that's the thing.
0: It goes back to what we talked about earlier. Certain people have certain skills. So if you've got within your marketing team, if you've got someone great at storytelling and you've got some more junior people or people who are more numbers, there's no reason why as a collective – why doesn't the one person who's great at writing the briefs write the creative briefs? Everyone else within their jobs or their departments can work together to do the strategic things. It's just, if you're, I just find it a little bit odd that everyone seems to think they need to be able to to do everything. It's the same with creatives these days. Everyone has to be able to sound edit, to laptop edit, to, you know, come up with a concept storyboard, this, that, and the other. It's We all have different skills. Do you know, tap into them all?
2: Oh, man. Well, I'll just say this, that I think in the 20 years that I ran my agency, the greatest work that we ever produced, there was always, first of all, there was always an element of copywriting, some sort of a genius copywriter involved. So even though we were just producing picture, we were the designers, the animators, the visual effects guys, that brilliant copywriting brought that certain something. And guess what? that came out of a yeah, really yeah. strong and, and brief.
0: you know what I love copywriting and uh, you know it's it's just such a if you read a line that's beautifully presented with lovely punctuation, it works on the billboard, it works on the web. It's the perfect tagline. When you've got a script that goes all the way through something and it doesn't really say anything, it's exactly the same as a brief. If you've got a script that doesn't say anything cut all the words out till it says something copyright it. If you've got a creative brief, all it needs to be is really simple directions. Four lines, I honestly agree, four lines is a brief. People are like, but I can't give that. No no one will believe I've done my job. And it's like, you have, you've done the strategic brief, which is all your thinking, everything that's running around in your mind, put on your strategic brief. If you want to give it to your boss like your homework, feel free. They might even put a smiley face on the bottom. But never, (laughs) ever, ever give it to a creative because you're taking their brain into areas they don't need to be. It needs to be specific. It needs to tell you about the brand. It needs to tell you about the audience. It needs to tell you about whatever it is you're selling. And And then it has your own bit of personality or magic. This is what I want you to do with it. This is the territory I want you to get into. And that's where good marketing lies. That's where you get like marketing people for brands that take it to another level because they say this is what the brand wants to deliver but personally my creative agency i'm looking for this i want you to take it in this direction and it's to have the cojones to go actually i'm going to stamp my authority on it and if further down the line people don't trust me or they don't buy into it you're probably ready to move to a different company because if you've got the confidence to put yourself into the brief then you will take the brand places.
2: Well, I can, I appreciate you summing it up because the thought that was occurring to me as you said all that was that a a lengthy brief, you know, the God forbid 10 or 20 page thing, complexity is easy. That simplicity is hard. And maybe somebody has really, really done their job and done the thinking and the strategic thinking, the shorter the brief is. Maybe the four line brief is actually the hardest uh, or or most challenging, but the most effective brief ever. Yeah.
0: Yeah, It just needs to be really short, which is really ironic because when I speak, I waffle for hours on end, but my briefs are on point and perfectly formed. <laughs> so I can talk for hours, but, you know, and it's a skill you have to get into. And that's why I say put it in the strategic brief, in the creative brief, keep it short.
2: Well, I love it. And uh, I'm excited to to stay in touch and, and find opportunities for you and I to collaborate on things yeah. in the future. So so uh, thebriefdoctor.co.uk is UK, the place yeah. where people can, can find out more about you? Okay, yeah. well, that's very cool. Well, Tim, thanks for joining me from London today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks and, for having on, me. This, on this Friday, <gasps> is, it, is it Beer 30 beer thirty there in London now?
0: <laughs> it's always Beer 30 in London. I go up drinking. <laughs> oh, my crazy. gosh. I'm not drunk all year
2: wow look at you You're making changes it's, it's a it's new all year healthy.
0: i know zen
2: wow see well, how long it lasts sir.
0: it's pro max europe next week
2: yeah we'll see if it lasts beyond that good luck good luck with that
0: <laughs> Yeah. thank you very much
1: You've been listening to the RevThinking Podcast. For more information on upcoming accelerators, events, or to learn how RevThink advises creative entrepreneurs like you, connect with us at RevThink.com. I want to tell you about a place to connect that you might not know about. It's our online community called Rev Community. It's a great place to get to know other creative business owners like yourself, to share some thought leadership and read other encouragement, to be challenged in this new marketplace, new technology, ideas, economic trends. And it's a place to research. Check out many of the resources we have online, our videos, and of course, this podcast. Join us today at revthink.com slash community. If you're a creative studio owner, feel free to join us today at revthink.com slash community. I look forward to seeing you there.